0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to a special edition of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. On this episode, I will just be going over the PLL expansion draft and breaking down each team uh, more in depth in terms of their decisions that need to be made or that have to be made, considering who to protect and who not to protect. I'll link my PL expansion draft projections down in the show notes put out back on Tuesday, January 7th. So starting off here um, by going over kind of the rules and the you know what the PL has laid out in terms of rules and, and, and regulations and all of that. So first off Each team is able to protect 11 players. So one goalie and 10 positional players. However, players who are active duty military or on the rookie holdout list who did not make one appearance on the travel roster during the 2019 season will be exempt from the expansion draft and will not need to be protected by their current club. The, the one team that benefits from this the most is Chaos. They have three guys, active duty military, and Austin Stotts was on the rookie holdout list. Obviously, he was injured uh, towards ACL back in what was that, April and is, is still out in the NLL from the ACL tail. He did not play, so Chaos does uh, benefit the most from this rule. Now, Water Dogs LC, the seventh club, the expansion club, will be able to draft 18 players in all during the expansion draft. However, they can only draft up to four players from each existing club. So once four players are drafted from a club, that club is in, becomes off limits to select from. So, eighteen players can only draft four players at maximum from each club, and if you uh, if you do the math, you have six clubs right now, and you need to get eight player, eighteen players from there. So, there will be teams that do not get. There will be certain teams that will not get picked from as much as others. Um, I think either Redwoods or Whip uh, um, Snakes will probably get picked the most. Uh, just, just in terms of the personnel. Now, other considerations to bring into um, the equation here. So, first off. PRL contracts are not made known to the public. Um, I've been told that guys have two-year, three-year deals with the league, Um, whatever it may be. Those things are not made to the public. Uh, In the NLL, you do know the length of contracts, and obviously money considerations and all that is not put out publicly. Um, But in the NLL, you do know some of those things for, for for most players. Therefore, like so projecting a player that might become a free agent or whatever, that's not available in the PLL. and I don't think any player is a free agent um, at you know at the moment or anything like that. So all, all of those kind of considerations are you no know, up in the air. Also, the PLL player pool. So they do have a rule where if a player is inactive, so doesn't um, appear on a team's travel roster for, I think it's four, maybe five weeks. I believe it was that that player then went to the player pool. Um, the PLL player pool is kind of murky. So, um, and and when I wrote my my PLL projections projection draft article. You know, it. it's a bit murky to kind of because when you go off the team's roster that's posted on the website, there are guys on there that are in the player pool but were initially on that roster. No one, you no know, Tim Samesh. Who never played for Atlas is still on their roster. He's in the player pool. And there's other players like that as well. Jovan Miller, Chaz Woodson, I believe, are two guys that come to mind as well. So, in terms of are those guys still with those teams or not, you know what how how do they determine players in the player pool? How do they designate them if they were on a team? That is not really made known to the public. I would assume that they're just in the player pool because after... So after... the I'll add this in here too. After the expansion draft, all the players that did not get... So teams have to put up, I believe it's a 25-man roster... After the expansion draft, within I think it's the next day, teams have to submit, I believe it's twenty-five man, fifteen man, something like that roster to the league, and then the players so they have to submit a new twenty-five, I believe it's fifteen to twenty-five man roster, um, somewhere in that range. I don't, I don't have the exact um, PLL rules out in front of me um, right now, but they have to submit a new active roster to the league. The players that are not on that active roster get put into the PLL player pool. So that's why I bring that up. Um, And again, pro field lacrosse, the player pool has always been a deep, dark abyss of uncertainty. So this is just resurrecting that um, to an extent. Also, uh, we could possibly see some handshake deals between clubs and the PLL trade window for the off season. I don't know when that's going to be open. I wouldn't expect it to be open like the. I wouldn't expect it to be open the day after the expansion draft. I would not expect that. I also do know that they're gonna have a new player draft as well, so that's another thing with the player pool is like do players that are in the player pool or no it 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 gets messy and I think that there will probably be some sort of explanation to come of that. Uh but do want to mention those first. You know, so handshake deals where you'd possibly have a water dogs pick a guy and then the club that they got picked from you know, didn't want to, they couldn't protect them. They said, hey, you know, you pick him, we will trade you, you know, what, whatever. You see that, you saw that in the NLL. Possibly something comes of that in um, the PLL. I don't really think that it will, but it's something to consider. Now, to a team-by-team breakdown here of all six existing lacrosse clubs, And what they kind of question marks and and what they need to protect heading into the expansion draft. So the expansion draft list are due on January 13th. The expansion draft or Water Dogs LC will be able to select players for their initial roster will be on February 12th, so it's about a month and a day. Um, well, a little bit less than a month um, in between, so about a month in between. Starting off here, going by alphabetical order, Ultras Lacrosse Club. Ultras is one of the most interesting teams in this whole... Um, Expansion Draft because they do have the first overall pick as well. So, I I don't know how much that comes into consideration with Coach Bates um, heading into this, or if it does at all. Um, but, you know, the one thing I can tell you for sure is, like, I think they're going to protect the top guys on the offensive side of the ball. So, we're talking Will Manny, Marcus Holman, Tom Schreiber, Christian Cuccinello, Ben McIntosh, and Danny Ipe. The The question for me is, so, the first overall draft pick thing. They can go and get a Grant Ament or a Michael Sowers, somebody of that mold, in the draft. They can also not protect Stephen Kelly, who was not particularly effective at times at the face-off dot. Go get T.D. Irwin, who is the best face-off man in college lacrosse right now. Go get him, and you'll have a Trevor Baptiste type at the face-off dot, a consistent face-off winner that can get you possessions Especially when you need the most, and TD can also put the ball in the back of the net at times as well. Stephen Kelly also can scored the first goal in POL league history. So that no that that's a question there with the first overall pick. Now looking into more of what they have on the roster. The number one question there when you're not considering that first overall pick is the goalie situation. Drew Adams and Adam Gittleman shared time and goal last season. They did, I don't know, I can't remember how many games they did this in a row. And I I can't remember if they did this in the playoffs or not. But they played basically one guy play the first half, one guy play the second half. They did that for quite some time last year. You can only protect one goalie. You can't protect two goalies. Statistically speaking, Gittleman was better and saw more time and goal. I think they will protect Gittleman and let Drew Adams walk. Leave him unprotected. So and, and and honestly, it would be shocking if he does not get protected. If he does not get selected, like I think, Drew Adams will get selected by Water Dogs. If you no, know, leaving him unprotected, which I think is going to happen. So, Adam Gittleman is kind of who I put as the goalie they're going to protect. But I mean, you never know. Like both guys played well and were consistent, and that's really you no. Know, Personally, I don't like two goalie systems in any kind of lacrosse, box or field. I think it's it's inconsistent, and it bleeds. It not only is inconsistent, but it bleeds inconsistency amongst your defense, and that bleeds over to your team, your entire team as well. Another question for um, all is like if if I'm them. No, Jackson Place got injured. One, is he going to be able to come back fully healthy in 2020? Okay? I would not pick him if I'm Water Dogs. First off, because there's three defensemen I can go get on Redwoods, and I'm going to talk about that later. Secondly, if he was injured, and Jackson Place is a very good defenseman, but if he was injured and he had that, that neck injury, they called him off the field and all of that. Do I even need to protect him? Because would water dogs select a guy who has that kind of injury history and could potentially be out for an entire season? Also, you know, he was on the season ending IR list. Do they even have to protect him? Like, that was never designated. So, you know. I think that opens up room for them to select Dominique Alexander, who is one of the best defensive midfielders in in the game and, and really showed his own late in the season. You really started to recognize how well he played and what he meant to this team at the midfield. So, Archers, I have them protecting Will Manny, Marcus Holman, Christian Cuccinell. That's your attack. At midfield, Tom Schreiber, Ben McIntosh... Danny Ipe, Dominique Alexander at the defensive midfield. Face off Stephen Kelly, Scott Latlith, and Matt McMahon are your two defensemen. Adam Gittleman at goalie. The the kind of notable unprotected, and again, I'm not gonna go through the whole thing because we don't know the player pool and all of that. Dave Yemela. So Joey Sankey, Kevin Rice, Ryan Ambler, obviously the three most notable guys. Being left unprotected here. Um, Drew Adams, as I talked about. Jackson Place, Brendan Fowler, which I don't even, I don't know how long, how much he played. Um, I don't have the stat sheet and all that in front of me. But there are some really good guys you could go get. I think Sankey and Rice are two guys that you definitely have to consider if you're water dogs in picking on the offensive end. Now moving to Atlas here. Atlas and and I mentioned this in my article and I wanna in my projections draft expansion draft projections article. And I'm gonna link it down in the show notes as well. I call their roster quote unquote bland. Because it's bland. There is nothing here that tells me like th- like the Unlike Archers, unlike any other team in this league, there is nothing on this Atlas team that tells me I have to keep this guy. I have to if I keep this guy, I can't keep this guy and that stinks. But that's the there's none of that. Also, another and and I think that helps. Ben Rubio is is, is a new head coach here. And I think what his decision, what he makes, is going to be interesting, especially him being a new head coach. Tim Sudan's also a new head coach, but he has experience, experience coaching a lot of those guys. Rubio has played with and against some of these guys, and he has coached. Uh, he coached with the Boston Cannons, I believe. So he does. I believe he does know a couple of these guys. I know him and Paul Vable have a good relationship but it it may may be a bit different, you know, now being a head coach. So that's something I'm gonna be looking at um in terms of what he makes in these decisions. Now honestly, the only real question with this team so well let, let's get this out of the way first. Here's who I have them protecting. At the attack, Eric Law, Kieran McArdle, Ryan Brown. Pretty simple, no questions asked there. Midfield, Paul Rabel, Connor Busick, Joel Tenney. Face-off, Trevor Baptiste, you are not letting him walk. Defense, Kyle Hartzell, Tucker Durkin, Cade Van Laphorst, goalie Jack Kincannon. Only a couple questions here um, with the, you know, not protecting a guy. Chris Coj. Okay, so Chris Coj is a very good attackman. He, when you look at, so there's a a chance that they might protect Chris Coj over Jolteni and go with four attackmen instead of and two midfielders. I I, I could possibly see that happening. But when you look at the offense in terms of production and games that were played and all of that, Chris Cloutier at the attack and the, the, the top tier of the attack, Chris Cloutier is on the bottom of the totem pole there. He only saw seven uh, regular season games, but in those games was very effective. I think Chris Cloutier is a guy that is going to be considered to get drafted in this expansion draft. He's one of the best young players in the game. But you have this attack that's already kind of set in stone. I talked about this a lot last year. Archer, uh, excuse me, Atlas, their offense was very midfield heavy. But then later on in the season, Kieran McArdle started to come out of his shell... Um I'll come out of the shell. Be started to produce more, do what we thought he could do, do we we know he can do. Eric Law was able they were able to, to to initiate from X behind the cage and out up top with guys like Rabel as well. And Busick was humongous for this team this year. Of this past season. Cloutier is going to be a tough guy to, to let walk, but I think that's that's the reality they're going to have to go because, and here's also this, other teams, like I mentioned with the last, uh, with Archers and I mentioned with a couple other teams here um, that we're going to talk about in a minute, short stick defensive midfield, LSM. A lot of teams I think can afford to protect an SSDM or an LSM and, and a face-off guy if you have a a, a um, lesser attack and you feel... I mentioned there's a lot of offensive talent in this draft. So you can go get a guy like that in the draft. Because of Trevor Baptiste, because you're not going to let him go, there's not much fluctuation in Atlas' um, choices here. So this is a very bland roster. And honestly, Chris Cloutier... It's the only guy that really hurts to lose. Um, Ryan Conrad, he played, what was it, one or two games this season. And, you know, he he played very, very well in the first game of the season. I remember he had, ju- he had just come off that national championship game on Monday with Virginia and is playing in Boston for Atlas on Sunday in Foxborough. He's a guy that if I'm looking to put a. Um, to, to build my team, an expansion team around young talent, Ryan Conrad is a guy I'm going to get. Also, Calum Robinson. He had some injuries late in the season. And I think, honestly, you're going to put. You no, know, that's another thing. It's not. You no, know, they're going to. Again, Trevor Baptiste, you don't have much fluctuation. Things are kind of set in stone. Is there a possibility that you could protect Cade Van Raphorst or Callum Robinson? Is that a question? Possibly, but I think Raphorst has proven himself in his rookie year, and so I honestly think they're going to let Callum Robinson walk, and I think he can really benefit from An expansion team being the face of that defense. And also, I will mention this again. There's a lot of defensemen that are from one in particular team that will likely not get protected because they don't have the room to do so. So I will just keep that out there and uh, you'll see um, what I'm talking about in a minute when we get to a team... In particular, that was in the championship game this year. Now moving on to Chaos. This is a team that I, I think they have a bit more questions than... They have a bit more questions, but it's a simpler answer. It's a simpler answer. It, if you know what I mean by that. They have more questions than a lot of people than a lot of teams, but I think it's a simpler answer. So, I'm just going to mention some of the guys that don't get protected here, okay? Eric Scott, Dane Smith, Mark Gorsini, Brody Merrill. Those are the guys that will not get protected by this franchise, by this team, by this club, whatever you want to call them. You're not letting Connor Fields go, not letting Josh Bone go, not letting Miles Thompson go. That's your attack right there. And while those six-on-six defense, or, I mean, six-on-six offense was not that effective this season, they struggled at times. The ball would get hung up with Fields at the X, and I saw it personally by. I saw it in person. The ball got stuck up top. They couldn't work it from. They couldn't work the ball north to south a lot of times like they wanted to. East-west was working a bit more for them at times. The things were going for them better in transition. You gotta keep this attack. You gotta keep this midfield. Jake Ficaro, Miles Jones, Demon Class. Now, Thomas Kelly at the face-off dot. He was I believe it was like 50 uh, or I believe it was like 5th or something in the in the uh exp, in the uh, faceoff rankings If Chaos had a top 2 or 3 pick I would say let Thomas Kelly walk and go get yourself T.D. O'Donnell and protect Mark Gorsini who galvanized fans this past season. They don't have that luxury to do that. Also, I would say you could protect Gossini or Brody Merrill over Gossini. This is going to be a tough decision here. I think in the end, the best thing for Andy Towers and chaos to do is to keep it simple. Three attack, three midfield, a face-off man, three defense, and a goalie. You're not letting, you you know, Blaze Rudin is your goalie. Jared Newman, Troy Ray, Jack Rowlett, that's your defense. And I will mention this again. They do have a luxury that a lot of people do not have. Austin Stotts, who's one of the best young players on the planet right now. While he may be injured in the NLL and still not back from that ACL injury, he is exempt from this draft. Matt Rees, Grayson Terrain, Johnny Soderick are all exempt from this draft. You have a midfielder, an LSM slash defenseman, and a defenseman, All exempt from this draft because they are military active duty members. That is a luxury that is fantastic for them to have. Yes, they will likely lose Brody Merrill or Mark Glacini. But, they have a luxury that other teams Do not have. And they're going to be able to use that. To their advantage. With Chaos. It's a. Win and lose situation. Because. They have a ton of talent. They get to keep some quality. Young talent. But some of these. uh, Veteran older guys. That are a heart and soul. of, uh, Of a defense. Don't. Don't get to be protected because you gotta keep things pretty simple. So you lose some and you win some, you know, just like just like a game. You win some, you lose some. That's kind of what chaos gets. Chrome. Tim Sudan is the new head coach. He knows many of these players um, from coaching them previously. When he was the head coach of the Rochester, now Dallas, Rattlers. That certainly puts him in a unique situation. I think he's in a better situation coming into this than uh, new Atlas head coach Ben Rubio. Just be- And I mentioned that before. Just because he has coached these guys as a head coach before. He knows these guys better Than a lot of coaches do. Because he spent time with them. Now yes obviously. Those guys on this team. Who he hasn't coached. Those younger guys on this team. Who Dom Starship picked last year. That he might not know. But. He has coached a lot of these guys before. And that's good for him. That's good for this team. I'm going to go over. my Who I. List as being protected from this team first, and then I will list. Um, then I'll get into some of the questions here that they have. I have Chrome protecting at the attack, Justin Guttering, and Jordan Wolf. Two attackmen, I think that is honestly what they will do. Um, I have them protecting four midfielders Ned Crotty, Jordan McIntosh. John Rannigan, and Matt Danowski and Romo Dennis. So five midfielders, excuse me. I have them protecting Connor Farrell at the faceoff dot. That's a no-brainer. I have them protecting two defensemen, Mike Manley, Joel White, and John Galloway at the goalie position. Now here's some of the guys that they lose, um, no. The attackmen that I have listed on the unprotected list, and again, the player pool and all of that, remember this. Um, Ty Thompson, Simon Matthias, I believe are the two attackmen that I have listed that actually suited up for them this year. Um, Chris Bocklet, Calum Crawford also listed on their roster. Midfield, Max Tuttle and Will Haas, all the two guys they lose. Defense, Chris Sabia. Joe Fletcher played like one or two games and I thought he was a... I thought he was a... made a world of a difference for this defense. Brandon Mullins and B.J. Grill as well on the defensive side. And goal, Black Queen. And we know the kind of dynamic that they had there with Queener and Galloway. Especially after... That Atlanta performance where Koiner played very well, and then they kind of went to it. Wasn't a two goal system like Archers, but they could have started either guy, I believe, any week, and they would have had success. But ultimately, you know, you do you can only protect one goalie. And I think protecting John Galloway is the way that they're gonna go. I I can't see Brett Queener getting picked up in this draft. Um and again, you know, I I, I just I don't know. Like I, I I can't see him getting picked up and I don't think it hurts them not I don't think it hurts them to go Galloway. I would be surprised if they go with Queener, but I you know I don't say I certainly don't think it would hurt them to go Queener, but I would be surprised if they do. I mean, and anyway, look, they're both good goalies. They have two different styles of play essentially, where Queener comes out of the cage more and Galloway is more of a sit back and you know, kind of like a quarterback, you have a pocket passer and a scrambler. I, I kind of equate it to that. Um, no, it's just two styles of play, and I think Galloway is is gonna be the one that they're gonna protect in this situation, and it, it just makes the most sense to to me. Um and he did play more and had more production and, and all of that. Chrome's biggest area they need to clean up is their transition defense. And when I say clean up, I mean like they need to they need to make sure that this stays put. Um, they will. Max Tuttle, John Rannigan. That's kind of the big question for this team coming into the expansion draft. Max Tuttle, um, obviously a rookie last year out of Sacred Heart, he can run both ends. He's a very good player on both ends. He makes a difference at both ends. John Rannigan, more of a veteran guy. He uh, can play both ways in the NLL, playing for the Georgia Swarm. And he also does the same thing in the field game, running both ends. And being a big contributor. Chrome needs to protect one of those guys. And I say one of those guys because they're only going to get to protect one of those guys. Romar Dennis, not letting him walk. Matt Donowski, not letting him walk. Jordan McIntosh, not letting him walk. Ned Crotty, you best not be letting him walk. That leaves one spot. Max Tuttle, John Lanigan. You go younger, you go older. Personally, I, I think they go with Rannigan in this situation. Watch the film. D- do what you have to do. But I think they're, they're going to go again Could you make an argument they go Tuttle and they would be okay? Yeah, I think they'd be fine. But I think they go Rannigan in this situation. It, it, it To me, it makes more sense to you. Um, and also, you know, I do only have them protecting two close defensemen. I think they're the only team that I have protecting two defensemen I believe so uh yeah they they' they're the all well all choose I have them protecting two defensemen but outside yeah I only have two teams protecting two defensemen that's all choosing club I think both can afford it it doesn't hurt either team. Chrome's six on six defense was atrocious. Like they were absolutely terrible. To- they were actually they were actually quite better in the transition defense, but teams were able to score defen- were able to score when they got them out of sync more. And that's kind of what hurt them. Um so keeping a total, a ran again, a round is a really good thing because you need that guy that can contribute on both ends at the midfield position. Defend and transition because the transition defense outside of one or two guys wasn't particularly spectacular. And, you know, you have a, a guy like JT Giles coming out of the draft, uh, coming out of, out of Duke this year. And I think he's a guy that we can see Chrome selecting in the draft. So, only protecting two defensemen opens up room for them to go get a JT Giles-Harris type to add to this defense. And really make them a quality defense. Take them from good. Take them from good to quality in twenty twenty. And doing that again you you you're able to keep Connor Farrell at the face off dot. You're able to keep the the, the the offensive production at the midfield that you wanted. You have your, your top two attackmen who were really your only two attackmen that really impressed that much when you look at a whole season. So this Chrome's coming that's what they're gonna have to do there. And you know I mentioned John Galway. I think this is the guy they go in goal. So all the questions for Chrome along the defensive end. Now we're moving to another team here. Redwoods where Literally all of their questions are on the defensive end. Now I have them only keeping three attackmen. Um uh, me, only keeping two attackmen. Jules Hennyberg, Matt Kavanaugh. Uh you have Clark Peterson and Wes Berg that you're leaving unprotected, and Kyle Open Westley, uh I could possibly see them keeping Peterson or Berg around and going. I have them protecting one, two, three, four midfielders. I could see them letting Patrick Harbison walk and protecting at, at the midfield and protecting a Berg or a Peterson, but you No, know, for them the midfield depth was one of their strengths last year. Also, um, like and you know, Greg Grinlian, I have them protecting him, but and and this is the team I spent probably two days looking at this team before light doing my light up on, on on the expansion draft for them because they have so many, like, it, there's a number of different directions that you can go in. Like, when you look at at the midfield, you have Ryder Garnsey, Sergio Pokovic, and Sergio Salcedo. You also have Joe Walters, Pat Harbison, Brent Adams. Like, I could see them go either direction in terms of protecting... Any combination of those midfielders. Also, Kyle Harrison. And again, like though defense. If you protect two attackmen, that allows you the, the ability to stack up talent that you want to keep at the defense and midfield positions. Here's why I have them keep it on defense. Garrett Apple, John Sexton, Eddie Glaisner, Have them protecting those three guys. Um and Pat Harbison, I think, can run both can run both ends. At D mid. Tim Troutner on goal, obviously not letting him go. But here's who they I don't have them protecting on defense. Brian Carolunis. Matt Landis, Larkin Kemp. Tell me that's not a starting defense right there. Tell me that is not a starting defense. I think the depth of this Redwoods team and the way that they used these guys was so good last year that we're really looking at this roster and saying, man, there's a lot of talent here. Their midfield, Kyle Harrison, Joe Walters, Brent Adams, Jack Neer, Tyler Dunn, Nick Ocello, Jojo Morasco. I have all those guys being left unprotected. Redwoods is really a team that... I mean, it's up in the air, to be honest, like, what they're going to do. Head coach Nat St. Laurent has, he's in a unique position, but it's not a position that I would want to be in. Because, again, having this much talent is a blessing and a curse in a league that is expanding. It is. They're going to lose some quality guys, but they're still going to be a really, really good team. Again, I mentioned the attack. Like, Jules Hennigberg, Matt Cavanaugh, not, not, no. Two of the top players on the planet. Clark Peterson, Westberg. Also, two of the top players on the planet. So, I mean, you can't protect four attackmen. Then you can only put and you want to protect Greg Grinley at the faceoff dot. You just can't do it. You You, you can't do it all. You wish you could. You just can't. And um but I, I do I like who I have have them selected to, to protect. I think stacking up at the midfield per, um instead of stacking up at the defense is probably gonna be more beneficial for them down the stretch. Look, look I can see Matt Landis and Wilkin Kemp both getting picked. I, I honestly can't. Brian K. Lunas as well. But that's three guys gone. Okay, I can also see a either Westberg, Clark Peterson, or Joe Walters is getting picked. That's the maximum amount of players that you can get picked from a team. I mentioned like those only going to be if you do the calculations. I believe it's like they get water dogs gets eighteen guys to select. There's only going to be one, maybe two teams that get, that max out on number of guys picked from their squad. So honestly, like Redwoods, you know, again, I think the three teams that are the most difficult in terms of the amount of talent they have versus the talent that they're allowed to. To protect Chaos, Redwoods, and Whipsnakes. And I think for all of them, keeping it simple or as simple as you can is likely going to be the best bet in the long run for these teams. And also remember, there's a draft coming up. A new player draft and a collegiate draft coming up after this expansion draft, will you lose some quality talent? There's also a trade window that's going to open up this offseason as well. So, who knows what all these teams are going to do. Now, moving to Snakes, the defending P.O.L. champions. Jim Stagnita, like, and I just talked about uh, tough, tough decisions with Redwoods. Jim Stagnita probably has the toughest job in lacrosse right now. And I'm not exaggerating on that. So, I you know, you're like Tanner. You just talked about you got to select three to four defensemen of a six-man group that you got to select some of those guys, a group of those guys, three to four guys off of that, that you can protect when all six would be a number one caliber defenseman on any team on the planet. Field cross team, that is. How is Web Snakes going to be any different? Any easier or any more difficult to select? Fellas, their problem. Is not on defense. Because I think they're going to keep their entire defense. They have the best defense in the league. So hear me out on this. Whipsnakes. you got to. So Whipsnakes has a couple locks. They've got a couple locks that you've got to keep. Matt Lambo, Ryan Drenner. Mike Chanachuk. Those are you three guys you've got to keep on the offense Joe Nardella you ain't letting him walk not for nothing defensively I think you keep all these guys so obviously Kyle Burnmore and goal close defense Bryce Young, Tim Moeller Matt Dunn and Michael Elho. you're keeping all those guys you ain't letting one walk. Tyler Warner, you're keeping him at defensive midfield. That leaves literally you go through all of that. So back to the offense. So you 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 keep him at Lambeau, and we'll add uh Joe Nottadell and he let the face off dot too because he's by the best face off offensive face-off man in the league, the face-off athlete, the age of the face-off athlete is here. Um, Matt Lambeau, Ryan Drenner, Joe Nardella, Mike Chanachuk. That literally, and you're not letting Tyler Warner go. Um, he's a defensive midfielder, but he can run both ends. He's very effective at it too. <clears throat> so literally, like, the last few spots, and I even like mentioned this, you have two spots. You cannot protect Ryan Drenner. I think that's the, of the offense that are locks, quote-unquote locks, to protect. Ryan Drenner is probably the bottom of that. So, for the like last two spots, you have Ryan Drenner, Drew Snyder, Connor Kelly, Ben Reeves, and John Haas. You can only keep two of them. That's a championship, literally, that is a championship offense by itself. <clears throat> I I am saying they keep Drenner, obviously, and Connor Kelly. <clears throat> Connor Kelly, what is he? Is he an attackman or a midfielder? It's the age-old question they've been asking it, asking it since he was at Maryland. He's a hybrid offensive talent who can play both attack and midfield. Whip snakes. y'all gotta keep that around. I don't know any team on this planet that would not keep Connor Kelly around over some of the other guys that are maybe more one-dimensional per se. So, like, honestly, when you look at this, like, Kelly, just his ability, his durability to do play attack in midfield, I think is what puts him over the top. Obviously, like, letting Leaves and Haas go... Andrew Snyder is going to be tough. But, I will mention again, the 2020 draft class is deep with offensive talent. They're going to be able to find someone who can come in and not fill in for one of those guys. You're not going to be able to replace Ben Reeves. You're not going to be able to replace Drew Snyder. You're not going to be able to replace John Haas. But you can fill a hole that's there. Especially if you keep Drenner and Kelly. I mean, you're keeping two of of those guys that I just mentioned anyway. What Snakes does with this offense is going to be intriguing. So if you uh, call Connor Kelly an attackman, which they did um, push him to attack late in the season, and that really helped them out uh, down the stretch. You're only keeping one true offensive midfielder. That's Mike Chanachuk. Tyler Warner uh, as a D-mid who can also run the offensive end. You're keeping Lambo, Drenner, and Kelly. I obviously mentioned Kelly. Played attack um, primarily later on in the season for them and it really helped them down the stretch by moving to attack from midfield, uh, but I have them listed as an attack slash midfield. <clears throat> you're keeping Tyler Warner. I mentioned that. Joe Nardella. And then your defense, you're keeping that solid. So here's a list of guys that are not getting protected by this Whipsnakes club. Attack. Ben Reeves. Dylan Maltz, Jay Carlson also add them in there. I, I did J, Jay Carlson, he might have played one game. I don't think Dylan Maltz played at all this year if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he's listed on the roster on the PLL website. Um, midfield. Drew Snyder. Jake Bernhardt, John Haas, Joe McCallion, who was traded over to them, I believe, later on, about midway through the season. I believe this guy, yeah, he suited up for a couple games. Isaac Popolo, um was a rookie. Um, he might... I believe he suited up once or twice for them this year. I'm pulling up this roster real quick. Let's go by games played. Uh, Yeah, they don't have any Foster Huggins, I believe. The only guys on the roster that did not suit up were Charlie Rafa. Dylan O'Shaughnessy, Foster Huggins, and Kevin Cooper. So... They do not have. Joe, Joe McCallion played two games. Dylan Maltz played three. Jeremy, Jeremy Sievert's also. Um, Dan Morris, who is a very, very good goalie. Um, I, I, I don't know how many. I don't know if I can see Water Dogs. I can see them picking up two goalies. I don't know if you're going to pick up him over some of these other guys, but. No, it is a possibility there. Whip snakes, they have a deep roster. And again, it's a blessing and a curse. So PL expansion draft is on February twelfth. The expansion draft list are due on January thirteenth. Training camp, it will be in, I believe believe, uh, was it last year it was, in either early May or late April down at IMG Academy. Not sure where they're going to host it this year, if they're going to host it at IMG Academy again or not. And the opening day for the PLL has also been announced. That will be... On May 29th at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. So that is all for this special edition of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast, PLL Expansion Draft. And I'll also have another episode after these lists come out to kind of break down that. And I will do my own picks um, for who I would pick if I was Water Dogs, and that will be on the podcast. And that podcast will come out uh, next Thursday after the um, expansion draft protection and unprotected list come out on Monday. Have a great Have a great weekend, y'all. GoCrossBucket.com, where y'all can find us, and we'll see y'all soon. Expansion Draft list coming out on Monday, January 13th. Expansion Draft, February 12th, which I believe is a Monday or Tuesday as well.